You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to episode 53 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, updates, and rumors on Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, and the Star Wars spinoff films, and all the other new and exciting uh, Star Wars projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing good. It's great to be back again talking Star Wars. It's been a while since our last episode, but most importantly, I think, since our last episode, we've got one month scratched off of 2015. <laughs> so it's that much closer to The Force Awakens coming out now that we're in February. So little by little, we're getting there. So that's yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been a while since we recorded, and uh, we certainly didn't mean for it to take this long. But um, right around the time that uh, you know we would have recorded a new episode, and it was like, oh, some, some more news has come out, and it's been about two weeks. Um, I was in the middle of a big film project, um, and I'll actually probably tell you guys about that a little bit later, but it involves uh, some scenes from The Hobbit that I filmed with uh, our friend Jason Hunt over at the Wampus Lair podcast and uh, some other people, so that was pretty fun, but I was real busy with that, trying to get that done before the deadline, and then I've been sick this past week, and I'm still not at 100% yet. I'm out of the back to tank, but uh, not quite (laughs) strong enough to pull the ears off a Gundark, so... Um, if you hear me, you know, coughing or clearing my throat or whatever during the episode, that's why. So, uh, that's also why we're going to try to keep this episode a little bit short. And actually, since it's been about a month since our last episode, there's been a ton of news and rumors going around. Um, we're going to kind of split this up a little bit. And so, uh, for this episode, we're going to try to keep it uh, a little bit shorter than some of our our long marathon episodes that we tend to do from time to time. And we're just going to cover... Uh, the latest uh, Force Awakens rumors and uh, a few video game related things uh, for this episode. And then we'll probably record another episode within a week or so. Um, We're recording this on Thursday and we'll probably try to uh, record the next episode early next week, like Monday or Tuesday. And we'll talk about all the, uh, the latest rumors and stuff regarding the, uh, the standalone films um, as well as talk some star Wars rebels. But, um, yeah, no, there's been a lot of uh, stuff going on with the standalone films, especially lately. So um, if you guys are hoping to hear our uh, thoughts and opinions on that and stuff, uh, that'll be on our next episode. And we'll, uh, I'm sure, go into a lot of detail and speculation about that. Um, but for now, let's go ahead and jump into the Force Awakens stuff. Uh, so, uh, Tim, you want to start us off with uh, kind of one of the big rumors that just dropped today? Yeah, so today we got a pretty interesting rumor regarding one of the Force Awakens cast members who, right when he was announced, we really, <laughs> since he was announced, we haven't heard too much about his character and involvement in the movie. But yeah, now we're starting to get some traction on uh, Domhnall Gleeson's character as far as what role he may play in the Force Awakens. And probably the biggest thing to come out from this report, this is from Making Star Wars, where they had two thing, few interesting things regarding Domhnall Gleeson's character. And I think probably the big one was that 
it's been reported and rumored that he is going to be the son of Luke Skywalker in The Force Awakens, which I know you and me, Kyle, when we first got the casting announcement, that was something that you and me probably went to right away when he got announced. It was like, yep, totally called it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still not confirmed yet. You never know, but it's looking like it. I mean, hopefully we'll be proved right. Cause I, Cause had that feeling right right away when we knew that he was got cast in the movie. So, but the thing that's kind of got me interested about this report is that it's saying that he's going to be uh, working for the Empire. Um, he's going to be someone who's in charge of finding uh, Finn's character when he's out on the run, and that he's like uh, kind of tasked with sending either the Chrome Troopers or uh, just the regular Stormtroopers. This one's being reported that it's Chrome Stormtroopers, but. Um, that kind of goes with how we're, uh, there's rumors that Wendell and Chrissy's going to be the main Chrome Trooper, and if there really is that many Chrome Troopers, if it's just her. So we'll see where that plays out. But it's probably definitely going to be a group of Stormtroopers who's going to be in charge of. But the interesting thing is that he may be someone who's maybe there's more to him than just being part of the Empire, because it goes on to say that he may be playing both sides to try to disarm like the new super weapon that's going to be in the movie. And whether it's like the rebels, the Republic or the empire is going to use it. It's like, no matter who's going to use it, he's there to stop it <laughs> to make sure it doesn't get used. And goes on to say how, where it might be something where he has to make a rash decision in the movie, where that can cause some devastation or cause kind of kickstart, like a new war between the rebels and the empire. So some interesting stuff. And that kind of goes back to what other rumors we were hearing with Luke, where he might have to make a decision that has some, bad effects on the galaxy so maybe it's something where certain rumors about characters got a kind of got mixed up especially if it is true where he ends up being luke skywalker's son that can kind of play into that where maybe certain things came out were weren't accurate but inaccurate in some other areas as part of being involved with the skywalker name so pretty interesting stuff to come out today i'm just kind of glad uh, we're getting some more details regarding don malcolm's character because for so much we've been hearing about ray finn and Poe Dameron and Kylo Ren, those characters who we all saw in the trailer. So kind of the other cast members were getting some more info on, which is cool. Yeah, definitely. And there was uh, certainly some interesting stuff in this rumor, um, <clears throat> you know, stuff we hadn't really heard before, aside from, um, again, the, the thing that we sort of predicted from the beginning that he might be playing uh, Luke Skywalker's son, but the fact that he might be an Imperial or he might be a double agent or that there might be something, you know, some sort of plot involving um, super weapons and something really interesting that they said in here was that um, he might be he, he might be like a double agent trying to play both sides to sort of neutralize any super weapons that the empire or the uh, the rebellion or the republic might have um, just sort of following his own moral compass because he thinks that these weapons are too powerful to exist and they shouldn't uh, be allowed to exist in the galaxy and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, he, he's trying to do this for the right reasons, thinking it'll lead to peace, but then, um, and again, this is just, you know, part of the rumor here, but could be kind of a spoiler if it turns out to be true. But, um, then they're saying, you know, at some point in the film, um, you know, something goes awry or he just carries out his mission, but it sort of has different consequences that he intended where he does end up, uh, you know, disarming or destroying, uh, you know, all these super weapons and stuff. But then um, there's there's sort of been this cold war between the rebellion and the empire where, um, you know, neither side has really wanted to strike at the other because they both have these weapons of mass destruction. I mean, sort of like the, the U.S. Cold War where, you know, we were threatening Russia and everything, but nobody really wanted to do anything because they knew the other side could just wipe them off the face of the planet with a nuke. Um 
And so you get rid of those nukes and then people are going to go to war because they're not afraid of getting nuked anymore. And it's, it, you know, that's kind of this, what happens here um, where, you know, he, he does successfully like get rid of these weapons and thinks he's done the right thing. But then this all out war breaks out because now the two sides aren't afraid of getting wiped out by the other side's super weapon anymore. Um, and so it ends up, you know, not having the, uh, the positive consequence that he intended but then they're also saying this will lead to like a bigger uh, a bigger conflict that they're hoping would be um sort of you know laying the foundation for a lot of different star wars stories to come sort of like uh you know a new generation of the clone wars or the galactic civil war or whatever um you know just sort of setting up a, a new conflict for this generation that all these new stories would take place in yeah i just love that idea of the cold war scenario kind of what's uh, the backdrop of the movie or what's, what's going on since return of the jedi i think that's really cool to have some like that happens in the force awakens kick off like an actual war to happen i, I just hope that ends up being accurate because i think that sounds like a cool way for the state of the galaxy to be in since return of the jedi but i will say one thing also about the rumor as far as domino gleason is concerned that um because we've heard reports about ray too we'll get into that a little bit later where like her character is not all <laughs> that it appears to be like on the surface, I mean, we speculate about that too, tons of times, how we think she's the daughter of Han and Leia, but we might not know that at the beginning of the movie. And I wonder if they're going to do that with Domhnall Gleeson, if he is Luke's son, is that something where they're going to keep a secret and there's that whole double agent thing going on here? It kind of makes me think if that's a little bit like too many types of those characters in one movie, if you have two of them kind of like with secret identities sort of way or keeping their true uh, heritage or names a secret, and then we get two revelations. I don't, know, that, I don't know if that seems like might be a little bit too much for one. There may be kind of, you know, there's certain movies where there's too much stuff going on. You'll lose focus on one and then the other. So I'm kind of thinking where maybe his character might not be so secretive where we'll know like right away he's Luke Skywalker's son and this is who he is. He's playing both sides. We're not keeping a big mystery or secret to the end where we'll save that for another character like Ray or uh, Kylo Ren maybe or something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I almost think this would be the bigger secret. Um, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe Ray's character, maybe her name is Ray Solo and they just haven't revealed that yet. Um, and we have heard a lot of rumors saying that like, Oh, that might not be her actual name. And, uh, you know, that might be setting up for a plot twist later on. But, um, I mean, I, I do see where you're coming from where you don't want to have multiple characters where it's like, Whoa, plot twist. This is this person's kid. And Whoa, plot twist. This is this person's kid. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe it will just be like, hey, this is Skywalker and he works for the Empire or, um, I mean, you would think the more likely scenario would seem like it would be, hey, this is Ray Solo, she's Han and Leia's daughter and uh, here's this Imperial guy that we don't really know much about and then maybe like the first time he and Luke come face to face, Luke addresses him as son and we're all like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Well, now that the spoiler, or not spoiler, but rumor, potential spoiler maybe, if that does happen, maybe it won't be too much of a shock for those people. But yeah, it's kind of like a thing where who's going to be the big surprise in this movie? Because I don't want to leave Kylo Ren out of there either, or Adam Driver's character, because there's still rumors that we've discussed too where he maybe he's going to be uh, the son of Han and Leia too. So I think one of those characters <laughs> are going to be a twist. We'll just see if it's more than one which is kind of the fun of just speculating and just wondering to see what's going to happen when it's all said and done. Yeah, well, I think Kylo Ren probably seems like the biggest stretch for me, um, where he could be Han and Leia's son, but at this point I'm not really counting on it. <clears throat> um, I mean, that almost seems more like wishful thinking for 
um, you know, people who are fans of the EU, and there's all these rumors about, um, you know, Daisy Ridley playing Han and Leia's daughter, and they're like, oh, well, they're supposed to have twins, so if they're going to have a Jaina Solo, they should have a Jason Solo, too, and it's the new bad guy, and he's on the dark side, so that fits perfectly, and so, um, I mean, I'm not completely ruling it out at this point, but... At the same time, I mean, like you said, how many different family relationship plot twists can you have in a movie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, again, it could be something where they're just keeping it all a secret right now. And, uh, you know, when we go see the movie, you know, by that point, maybe we'll know, um, you know, maybe the characters know right from the get go that, uh, you know, they'll establish that the main villain is Han and Leia's son. And he kind of went off the, the beaten path or whatever. And that, uh you know, they also have a daughter and, you know, maybe the, maybe one of them will be a surprise in there somewhere. I don't know. There's a, a lot of different possibilities and the different ways they could go with it. But at the same time, I'm not expecting like everybody in the movie to be related. Sure. Yeah. I don't want to see to have that either. I mean, this is a, some of the complaints I know about when episode one came out, how I was like, it's a big galaxy, but yet all these characters are somehow related to each other or, or like Anakin, Billy, C3PO and all that stuff. So it would be good to where not everyone's related. So and oh, who knows? Let's not forget about BB-8. Maybe he'll somehow be the offspring of R2-D2 in some way. <laughs> That'll be the big plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all concerned with the uh, human characters. We're forgetting about BB-8. <laughs> He's going to be the main <laughs> relation to a character. Yeah, I don't want to know how that would work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that for another day. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we've got more rumors besides that one. Um, and we've got some, some descriptions of, uh, Han and Leia and Chewie's costumes, um, which, you know, as is the case with a lot of the, the costumes and descriptions and stuff that we've heard about so far, it's like not really anything drastic or surprising. Um, basically What's cool about this one though, <laughs> is that what kind of got me excited about it was, um, this is from making Star Wars. Also, like this is the actual photo of the actors in costume. It wasn't like a concept art or anything. So I was like, "Oh man!" So somehow these pictures are getting out there a little bit. So that just kind of took me by surprise. Like, "Oh, this is an actual photo of them in costume." It just made me think, uh, "I want to see it so bad." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, I mean, we don't have the actual photo. We just have a description. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure we'll see it at some point, whether it gets leaked before the movie or whether you know we get as we get closer to production they start releasing all these publicity stills and stuff yeah um but yeah i mean the the han solo costume it sounds like is pretty similar to uh to that concept art we saw uh way back when where he's got like kind of a trench coat look going on um they do have a a description of what Leia's wearing that we haven't really heard much about before but it basically sounds like she's wearing um something that kind of looks like a callback to the uh the true the rebel troopers on the tantive four um, kind of her, her Alderaan homeworld origin. So that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, they say Chewie's got some gray hair. He's uh, rocking a pretty dark mustache like he kind of <laughs> had in A New Hope. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like you said, it'll be great to see these characters again for the first time. Um, so I can't wait till we actually finally get to see these photos or see them in the next trailer or whenever that's going to be. I know. Hopefully celebration <laughs> and no mention of Chewie's cy uh, cybernetic arm. So it looks like that's finally put to rest as far as if he's going to have that or not. And we've seen other concept art images and stuff where he's not, doesn't have it. So 
Yeah. Plus, there was that prototype action figure that we saw where he didn't. Yeah, that's true. So, that's right. Um, yeah, I think at this point, that's this probably pretty much de- pretty much debunked, which I'm happy about because again, we we've, we've heard enough about cybernetic characters in this movie already, so we don't yeah. need a we don't need a metal arm for Chewie to have to you know not rip out of his socket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would it be funny though if it actually used it as a type of weapon when he needed to? He just rips it out and starts using it to whack people <laughs> or it's a blaster or something. Oh no, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> now you're getting into like Terminator Wookie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I could just see that on the action figure Terminator Wookie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like I said, I did like the description of uh, Princess Leia's costume and just a callback to the Tantive Four Trooper. I think that's a pretty cool uh, ver- or costume to kind of for her to be inspired by or to be a throwback to. So that's a costume I'm kind of looking forward to seeing now too, just how much it invokes that classic look. Because I always like those Tantive Four Trooper designs. Not as cool as the Stormtroopers that are fighting, but probably the coolest Rebel outfits that I liked uh, out of all the ones in the movies. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that's a pretty cool look and one that we haven't really seen in a while because obviously yeah. it, uh, you know, the look kind of varies in uh, the following movies. Yeah, so um, it'd be cool to see if it's brought back again in some way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And of course, you know, it being a, a callback to her home world, which is now space dust. Yeah. <laughs> she has to honor in many ways she can, as she can. <laughs> yep. Um, and then we've got yet another Making Star Wars article uh, where they. Uh, you know, bring up a few other rumors. Um, for one thing, we know there's going to be a snow planet in this movie. We had heard rumors early on that maybe they were going back to Hoth. Uh, they're saying in this rumor that uh, it's not Hoth, but it's a, a different snow planet called Ryum. Um, or at least that's what it's mentioned as on on several production documents. Um, Which I'm thankful for. Don't, let's not repeat Hoth <laughs> just yet. Especially yeah. you could tell from the trailer it wasn't Hoth and all the trees and stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. If that was the same snow planet, because, I mean, I've said before, like, that planet looks like it could be Alderaan, um, even though it's not, obviously, because Alderaan's not there. But I'm like, I don't know if that's necessarily a snow planet, quote unquote, or if it's just a, you know, a planet with some snow capped mountains. Um, I mean, I, I almost think that could be the same planet as uh, the one that we see the X-Wings on in the trailer. True. Yeah, but um, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to tell. But if there's another uh, planet that's you know kind of more Hoth-like, where it's entire icy landscapes and stuff, apparently it's not going to be Hoth. It'll be this place called Ryum, unless that is a uh, you know just sort of a cover-up alias for Hoth or <laughs> something else. I don't know. Pretty interesting the name. If if it is Hoth, and they chose just to cover up with Ryum. <laughs> yeah, but then again, I mean that kind of has a. I guess kind of has a Star Warsy name kind of sound to it. I just keep it sounds a lot like Ryu from a character from Street Fighter. That's what I think. <laughs> <when> I hear. <laughs> yeah, and then of course they're bringing up the, the rumor about Ray again, saying that's not her character's actual name throughout the entire movie. It's an alias to hide her true identity, just like uh, Ben Kenobi slash Obi Wan, Darth Vader, and Anakin, all that kind of stuff. Um, so again, not the first time we've heard that. Um, and again, it's one of those things where I, I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up being true, but I also don't even necessarily think that um, that, that name has to be an alias. I'm thinking, you know, she could just be Ray Solo, and the, the surprise is that she's a Solo, and we just don't know that yet. Um, so, you know, you, you can't tell a whole lot just from a first name. Yeah. Like I said, just 
curious to see if that's something will we get revealed later on to like a press release or a celebration or something like that or is that like a big surprise they're gonna say for the actual movie it seems like something that'll be pretty hard to keep under wraps if they really do want to have that be the surprise for the movie so we'll see as the months go by till december yeah i don't know we'll see i mean at this point i'm i'm really excited for when we're gonna get to see the second trailer yeah um (laughs) because even if we don't necessarily get character names or a whole lot of specific info um you know if we get like a two minute trailer or something it's just gonna show a lot more stuff and we'll uh you know, sort of be able to narrow down a lot more of these rumors and stuff, probably. Yeah, just to hear characters hopefully uh, speak and hear dialogue from the actual characters instead of just a narration or voiceover would <clears throat> be really big, too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then something else that's kind of big that they uh, they mentioned in this rumor, and this is kind of a spoiler, if true, but it's also one of those things that I'm eh, kind of iffy about. <clears throat> um, but they're saying that... Um, and, and we've heard this before that there might be some sort of weapon, uh, like ancient Sith super weapon or something like that, that can uh, be used by the Empire to hunt down Jedi in hiding. Um, and that this planet is, or this this weapon is like built into a planet, and the weapon itself is either too large or too powerful to be destroyed. So the the heroes have to try to destroy the entire planet. Um, which it just so happens, I guess the rebels have been building their own Death Star in secret and Leia didn't even know about it. And then she finds out about it and has to decide whether or not to use it, um, to, and, you know, wipe out everyone on this planet to be able to stop the empire from using this weapon. And I'm sure it would have something to do with, uh, you know, tying into saving Luke and, uh, maybe her kids or whatever other Jedi characters that are in the movie. Um, now that sounds like an interesting idea and does kind of sound plausible in relation to uh, the one rumor we heard or just talked about earlier with, uh, you know, Dom Hall Gleason's character and how he possibly is involved in trying to um, track down and disable some super weapons or something. Um, it's like if you think Star Wars and you think super open, what's the first thing you think of? Death Star. But at the same time, for them to go back to that again, um, I don't know. I mean, part of me is like, nah, that's just retreading old ground too much. And then, on, but on the other hand, part of me is like, well, the good guys having a Death Star this time, like that's a new twist. So um, I don't know. That's, that's something interesting to think about. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with you on how you feel about that because at the same time, too, it's like, okay, Death Star number three, really? But at the same time, it's like, you know what? This might be like the best way to use it if you're going to bring it back again. Not just have it be the villain's weapon, but twist it around where the good guys are using it and that like a moral dilemma that they have in this report saying about Princess Leia, if she should use it or not. I think that can make for a pretty cool moment in the movie. And just the idea that the good guys would have a Death Star and to actually use it to destroy a planet would be pretty intriguing. So I do like that idea of it. So I guess I'm more cool with it than negative on it. But it's not the same time you can't help but feel like, oh, really? Death Star 3 again? But just the way if that is true and this is how they're going to use it should be pretty interesting. And I'm just more curious to see what exactly this new super weapon is. It something that's on the planet? Is it, it or is it the planet somehow? Because remember the reports were how like certain rumors where they're using like to drain Luke's like force energy to power the weapon. So mm-hmm. all these different stuff about it. I'm kind of curious to see what actually this new weapon is. But what I find also a little curious, or not curious, but interesting in this report, kind of what we're talking about the Death Star 3 being familiar and retreading like old water is how this report actually mentions kind of the first negative uh, feedback for the force awakens from some crew members. And who knows like how like big of a, 
how many people were saying this or if it's just one person, but if it's even true at all, but they were saying how um, not everyone's entirely happy with where the movie is heading, saying that they're just like going over old ground and not being like really like innovative or doing it something new. And this, when this report, it kind of made it just from the design standpoint. And it kind of wouldn't make sense, I guess, if you're doing storm star report is true and then if certain like uh, the original trilogy characters maybe their costumes won't be too different for a few characters so maybe that's why they're getting that feeling of like not being ex- like too original or whatever or retreading old water again but i don't know i just felt kind of weird reading like the first negative uh, feedback for the force awakens because everything we've been hearing about from cast and crew has been so positive so this took me back a little bit doesn't hamper my excitement at all for it just found it a little interesting to read that yeah, and I mean, it, it doesn't really put a damper on it for me, but, um, you know, like you said, it is just kind of a different perspective and, and makes you wonder, like, would you rather have a, a Star Wars movie that plays it safe, you know, almost too much that, you know, retreads familiar ground, but tells a good story and has likable characters and really feels like Star Wars? Or would you rather have a movie that, you know, goes way out on a limb and sort of pushes the boundaries of what we've seen in Star Wars before. And then, you know, maybe some people like it. Some people think, oh, that's, you know, a little bit too far out from, you know, the Star Wars I'm used to. Um, And so I can certainly understand why, you know, especially for their first effort, they would want to play it safe. Um, But again, I mean, we don't really know. This could just be uh, you know, one or two people's opinion. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you know, we, we can't really, we don't have a whole lot to measure this up against. You know what I mean? We know what I mean? Like we have, um, we're, we're hearing these opinions, but we don't know enough about the movie to, to sort of make our own opinion on that. So, I mean, just based off the, the concept art and the trailer and the stuff that we've seen so far, it's like, yeah, there's some familiar looking stuff with the, you know, X-Wings and Stormtroopers and stuff. And I've kind of felt that way too. Um, I mean, with the, even with the way the X-Wings look so similar to, uh, to the original trilogy ones and the TIE Fighters even more so um, from the brief glimpses of TIE Fighters that we've seen so far in some concept art and in the trailer and stuff like that. I mean, they look like they almost haven't changed it at all in 30 years. Um, whereas you look at the differences between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy and you see, um, you know, over the span of 20 years, something like an ARC-170 versus an X-Wing, like, you can tell that they're related, but you can also tell there's clearly a difference in design there and that there's, a, you know, a gap in, you know, the, the timing and that they're from two different eras. And so I can kind of see why some people might think, oh, you're not necessarily getting that feeling with The Force Awakens and everything is just like, oh, let's take stuff from the original trilogy and change it up a little bit. Um, but at the same time... You also have, um, you know, that new lightsaber for one thing. Um, you've got new characters. You've got new droids. I'm sure we're going to get new alien species. Um, and again, like I said, we, we really haven't seen enough stuff to be able to make our own opinion on this because I can't wait till we get to see, um, you know, more new ships and speeders and different planetary locations and all that kind of stuff. And it's like even if we have some familiar looking stuff and we're retreading some old ground, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of new stuff in there as well. Yeah, totally. And who knows, this could be something where someone said this very early in production too, where it's like they didn't have the full details. Maybe they were what they were assigned to work on was some 
that was already familiar, whether it was something from the original trilogy, like character design or ship design or droid design, something like that, where maybe they just didn't get that feel of something new. But like you said, who knows? We've seen so very little of it to where we can't form our own opinion on it fully. But I will say, and I said this when I first saw the trailer, was that I thought the trailer perfectly blended. It like felt like a new era of Star Wars to me, but still feeling like Star Wars was familiar, like ships like the Falcon and the X-Wings that we saw. So at least from the very little bit that we saw with the trailer, for me, it's doing a great job of blending with some, some of the old, but feeling new at the same time, too. So right now, I'm not concerned about that. But like I said, just found it curious that someone had that opinion of it. So I'm sure it won't be the last negative thing we'll hear about the movie, but it's the first one we've heard so far. <laughs> yeah, which means that the uh, the positive column is still far away in the negative yeah, column. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, now, we've got some other rumors from um, StarWars7news.com, um, and they've got you know a, a long article with a bunch of stuff in here. Again, um, you know, going with the idea that... Uh, Daisy Ridley's character might have a code name or an alias at first, or turn out to be someone other than who she appears to be later on. Um, also, uh, you know, a couple other minor spoilerish type things in here. Um, they say that BB-8, who I think a lot of people are probably just assuming belongs to uh, Ray's character, um, they're saying he actually belongs to Poe Dameron at the start of the film, um, and that that somehow becomes how the characters all come together that, uh, you know, Poe Dameron sends BB-8 to Tatooine to investigate something that the Empire's doing and uh, all those characters end up coming together on Tatooine or something like that. Um, so that, I mean, that was something we hadn't heard before. Um, and then, um, yeah, I don't know what else we have here. Yeah, I, I got to be honest with this report where it's like, there's some stuff like you mentioned about BB-8 being Poe Dameron's that took me by surprise. Like, oh, okay, that's new. But there's also in this report where it kind of describes how the three main characters, Poe Dameron, Finn, and Ray, how they come together and meet up in the movie. And I actually didn't read that yet because right now it's something I don't want to be spoiled on yet as far as how they all come together and the details of how they meet. So kind of staying away from that. But a good portion of that article kind of goes into detail as far as how that plays out where the three characters come together. So if you want to know that, you can check that out on Star Wars 7 newscom the, the possible way they'll come together. So yeah. I'm right staying away from it. You know, honestly, I mean, I've read this whole thing, and it still, to me, doesn't exactly seem um, – I, I don't know. It, it seems a little iffy to me. Um, maybe that's just because it doesn't match up perfectly with a lot of the stuff we've heard before this, but it's a lot of like – oh, this person goes here and gets captured and goes back to here and then meets up with this person and then they go back over here. And it seems like kind of a lot of back and forth and kind of hemming and hawing. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, from from what we heard, from some of the earlier rumors we heard, at least maybe this is just because it's sort of what I put together in my head. But I, I always was kind of more in the, uh, you know, thinking more along the lines of like, Finn and Ray meet up at the beginning of the movie. They meet up with Han and Chewie. They go off and and meet with the Rebel Alliance and then end up with, uh, you know, meeting Poe Dameron there because he's a rebel pilot. Um, Now, if he does end up coming in at the beginning of the movie and ending up, end up connecting with all these characters with BB-8 and everything, um, it could be interesting. But again, we're we're hearing a lot of different rumors at this point and it's hard to kind of connect the dots on everything. Um, and so, like you said, you're you're trying to like not read this and not get spoiled on it. I'm reading it and kind of filing it away in the back of my mind, going like, okay, yeah, I read it. It's it's possible, but 
you know, because of all the other stuff we've heard, I mean, I'm probably not even going to remember this by the time I see the movie anyway. So I'm hoping I'll still be surprised <laughs> by it. Um, and, you know, e- everything that we read at this point, I'm kind of like, if that is true, I don't think it's going to be true exactly the way they put it because there's probably more to it that we don't know. Yeah, we kind of reverse roles on that. I'm the one who usually reads spoilers and tell you if it's like... <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. Um, you know, when it comes to like, oh, big, huge, shocking spoiler about Luke Skywalker's role in the film, I'm like, no, stay away. And Tim's like, oh, I'm going to read it. Um, and then when it's just like, oh, here's how the new characters meet up at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I think it's because we're in the year the movie comes out. Like I said, we're getting closer and closer. And when it's like actual, like... Maybe this wasn't necessarily scene description, but details of how like certain scenes and stuff is coming together instead of like like plot theories or like possible plot synopsis. I don't know. The sim for me is the way that certain scenes or like way things come together to me is more spoilers than like pos- than possible plot details. Like just how things are getting set up. So, like I said, since they're getting so close, it's kind of putting my spoiler radar up a little higher <laughs> so to kind yeah. of filter out things a little bit more well and you know i, I completely understand that sentiment because i almost feel that same way too where you know as we get closer and closer i'm like you know more of these rumors are probably going to be more and more accurate because now like they finish shooting the movie exactly. and people are talking to people who have actually worked on it um but at the same time i guess i feel kind of opposite of how you do like i would rather know um you know, the, the specific details of a scene at the beginning of the movie, then no vague details about a, a spoilerish thing at the end of the movie. So even when we're talking about the thing with the Death Star earlier, I'm like, I kind of hope that ends up not being true because I don't want to spoil myself on that if it turns out to be a huge reveal that, you know, the the ace up their sleeve that the good guys have is that they have their own secret Death Star. Um but, I mean, I've said this before, when it comes to just sort of backstories or, or how characters are going to come together at the beginning of the film before anything starts getting really intense and really uh, surprising, I'm like, eh, you know, I'm going to find that out eventually anyway, so I don't really mind. And one thing's for sure is that it's not going to get any easier as the months go by. <laughs> oh, man, definitely. Uh, it's going to be like a minefield. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> between just the, the rumors and the... Um, you know, sort of the, the enticing bits that'll just get us talking about stuff and the stuff that's like, oh, whoa, that might actually be a big spoiler there. Yeah, got to put our deflector shields up at maximum. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, all right, so then moving on, I mean, we've got, uh, I think this is our last making Star Wars article for the episode. Seems like we've always got a ton of stuff from these guys. Um, but they've got a, a new uh, piece of concept art of a speeder bike that we might see in the movie. Um and, you know, I think I even saw – I thought I saw a different article earlier on or maybe I'm just thinking of this one or maybe they changed it or something. But, I mean, I saw like a couple other pieces of concept art of just sort of basic speeder designs and it's like, well, maybe this is something the main characters use or maybe it's just something you see in the background on a street on Tatooine or something. But, um, I mean, again, as I've said with, uh, you know, a lot of the other designs and stuff that we've seen so far is that it kind of just looks – not all that exciting, but it looks like it fits right within Star Wars. It's like, okay, cool, new little ground speeder type thing. It's not a new ship. It's not a new Millennium Falcon or anything like that. But, um, you know, kind of a, a cool little speeder design here. Yeah, one that you'll see in the movie and see on store shelves, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, not too much on this one for me, anyway, on the speeders. I mean, like you said, it looks like a 
cool design it's not a bad design in any way but at the same time nothing that really like, gets me super excited for it because it's probably not gonna be in the movie that much and just from personal taste when it comes to speeders it's hard to top just the plain simple speeder bike really i even when you compare a speeder bike to luke's land speeder just i just love that sleek like small design of a speeder bike it's just really cool so it'll be hard to top that for me when it comes to like these like uh, basic speeders that you see on different planets yeah it it is pretty hard to top that uh, that basic speeder bike i'm already like racking my brain right now trying to think of you know all the different kind of small transport speeders that we see like in the prequels and in the clone wars and um all that kind of stuff thinking like is there anything else that stacks up um yeah like the, the swoop bikes are pretty similar to speeder bikes but they're still not as sleek as those ones i think so i will say remember that in the slaver arc in the clone wars when they're on their speeder bikes and they had like that little sidecar for the pat for the gunner yeah that pretty cool yeah those are pretty cool um but again, I mean, even when we would see like new stuff like that in Clone Wars, part of the thing that always made it really cool was they always had that sort of iconic engine whine of yeah. uh, of those Endor <laughs> speeder bikes. So, yeah, as as far as small ground transport vehicles go, I don't know if those are ever going to be topped. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> but never say never with The Force Awakens. Pretty yeah. Pretty, that could surprise you, but... they Oh, they absolutely could. Um but yeah, I don't know. That, that's just a really cool classic design right there. Um, all right. So then we've got, uh, I think, one more batch of concept art pieces. This uh, was over at MillenniumFalcon.com. Um, they dropped uh, three more pieces of concept art. Um, now, one has been getting a lot of, uh, you know, kind of getting a lot of talk and attention um, because it has darth vader in it but you know it's got darth vader and a bunch of stormtroopers all from behind um and you see uh it looks like a a village or something that's burning and on fire um but i I think most of the uh the well-informed star wars people that i've heard give opinions on this thing it's it's pretty much just a placeholder that this is uh, a piece that was done early on in production before they had finalized the design of the villain so they just use vader as a placeholder um, we're assuming for Kylo Ren, who is pretty much going to be the Darth Vader of this movie. Um, or, I mean, this could even be an early design of uh, of Kylo Ren's helmet. Because it certainly looks like Darth Vader from behind, but we also know Kylo Ren's got kind of like that flared-out helmet in the back. That uh, it's, it's shorter than Vader's and definitely looks different in the front. But I could see how, from the back, if they hadn't finalized the design yet, how his helmet could look like Vader's. Um, but yeah, I mean, with just the way that, uh, he stands taller than all the stormtroopers and just sort of the, the image of, you know, this figure standing amongst a group of stormtroopers, like it definitely makes you think, oh, that's Darth Vader. But I definitely don't think that, uh, you know, we're going to see Darth Vader again in this movie. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, way early on before this concept art leaked out, part of one of the making Star Wars uh, concept art descriptions from a few months ago had this piece of art there, and it even made mention that Darth Vader is a placeholder here. But regardless <clears> of <throat> if it is Kylo Ren or another character, I just really can't wait to see this scene. I mean, we've heard so many reports on this uh, action sequence with the stormtroopers and like the village and them torching it. I mean, we don't know if it's going to be, we've heard reports about a jungle planet or the desert planet or the Tat- Tatooine. But regardless where it's at, this 
I just really can't wait for this scene because, like I've said before, this might be the scene and a singular moment where the stormtroopers get to shine and show how good they are. Hopefully, so. I mean, this concept art looks really cool. I mean, you see those stormtroopers out in front with the flamethrowers, and then the rest in the back standing in front of of the Darth Vader placeholder there. So I just really can't wait to see how this scene plays out visually and just from an action story point with the stormtroopers. I just think it's going to be so cool. <coughs> yeah, come on, Tim. I mean, I know you love the stormtroopers, but you don't have to be so bloodthirsty to want to see them just burn innocent people to the ground. That's how desperate I am for them to see them, see them get a victory in some small way. <laughs> Just mass murder destroying a village. Well, maybe this is a village with like evil savages or Tuscan Raiders or something. So it won't be like in total, totally innocent people or something. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can just see this like as everybody's in the theater watching this movie for the first time, and you know maybe they're back on Endor like torching a village of Ewoks or something, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's so sad." And Tim's like standing up in the back, going, "Yes, yeah. burn him!" <laughs> Everyone gives me a weird look. <laughs> like, what are you cheering about? You it'll, it'll be like the guys in Monty Python. They're like, burn the witch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, that's going to be me. <laughs> if it all works out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we've got a, another piece of concept art here with uh, a character that looks to be uh, Max von Sydow's character. It's certainly like an older uh, human male who certainly looks like it could be him. Um it's hard to tell, but he he looks like he might have a robotic leg here, or that could just be a boot, or it could be something standing on the ground in front of him. But um, I think he was one of the the characters that we had heard might be, um, you know, like an older, maybe like a war veteran type character who's got some some cybernetic limbs or something like that. Um, again, not really a whole lot you can tell from this scene here. He's kind of just sitting down with his hands folded in front of him, um, dressed kind of plainly in like black and brown clothes. Um, so, you know, an interesting shot of what he might look like, but doesn't really tell us anything at all about what his character might be or anything like that. Yeah. If anything, it kind of makes you think now, because like when he first got cast, oh, is he going to be like the ancient villain or something in the movie? But it doesn't look like that's going to be the case for Max von Sydow. He's going to be, like you said, maybe an old war veteran or someone, the main characters meet up in like either that cantina or something to get some information uh, regarding the, the lightsaber, even though we've heard reports that it might be an alien, like a, two aliens who give them that information. But it's that type of character where not a big prominent role in the movie, but maybe have some significance in a scene or two to help the heroes on their journey in some way. Yeah. Although, I mean, with them <clears throat> sort of, uh, you know, casting like an, uh, a well-known actor of his caliber, you'd think it would probably be, um, if, if he's not a character with a lot of screen time, then probably a character with an important role. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking either something along the lines of like a Ben Kenobi or Yoda type mentor character or, um, like a kind of like you were saying, maybe like an informant, like a Dexter Jetster kind of character, mm -hmm. um, but probably with a, a slightly bigger role. You know, maybe I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe he's like a mentor to, uh, I guess maybe to Ray um, at the beginning of the movie, and then when the Imperials, you know, maybe the Imperials come through, wipe out the village, and he gets killed, and that's sort of the the inciting incident that makes her. Um, you know, want to go off on this big journey, kind of like uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru getting uh -huh. killed at the beginning of the original Star Wars, how that sort of sets Luke off on his journey. So I don't know, maybe he'll be the Uncle Owen of this movie for one of the new characters. Yeah, that makes sense. I could totally see that playing out. I'd like her be either the father figure of Rey while she's on Tatooine or something, even though we'll get the reveal later that she's actually Han and Leia's kid. But yeah, like you said, maybe he gets killed in that 
awesome, hopefully, Stormtrooper attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I could definitely see that happening. Good call on that one. Yeah, and then uh, the last piece of concept art they got here is uh, a look at a new ship design that I think, uh, let's see, they when they post it on the website here, they call it a gunship guppy tri-fighter. Unless those are three <laughs> different ships, but it all looks like the same ship design to me. Um, but yeah, kind of an interesting new ship design. It almost looks like if you took an A-wing, flipped it sideways, put the cockpit on the back, and then made it like the size of a Republic gunship and put a whole bunch more engines and guns on it. Um, that's pretty much the best way I can describe this thing. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that. Even when it's flipped on its side a little bit, it kind of get a B-wing feel to it too. Where there's like yeah, a bit in the background, like, like a B-wing, one... but kind of like what mixed with an X-wing a little bit from that far background uh, image of it there. But yeah, yeah, because it's got one wing kind of sticking out to the side along the the sort of flat body. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm not sure exactly how I feel on it yet. I mean, who knows if this is going to be the final design, but it seems, I don't know, a little too much going on for a ship. <laughs> that, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, I just don't see that type of ship design like going around in space and uh, fighting TIE fighters and that type of stuff. I don't yeah. Know. In fact, you know what it almost looks like, too, is um, those Jedi shuttles from Clone Wars, the ones with like the, the sort of long curved fin that would like rotate around the main body of the ship. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I always thought those ships looked a little weird because it definitely looked like a fish to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this kind of looks like, I mean, if, if that Jedi shuttle was a fish, then this is an angry fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's his name, the angry fish fighter. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh. Mark that as confirmed. <laughs> I came up with a new nickname, just like Chicken Walkers. Where the heck did Chicken Walkers yeah. come from? I don't know, I know, but when the new movie comes out and this is called The Angry Fish, you can thank me. Uh, yes, we'll know who to turn for coining that phrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody start hashtagging it on Twitter. <laughs> Hashtag Angry Fish. Uh. <laughs> yep. And I might just have to call this episode, Where the Heck Did Chicken Walkers Come From? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure someone can give us an answer on that too. If we, put you know, out. they probably could. In fact, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, and make that like our listener challenge for the week. Especially because we're hopefully gonna be recording another episode in a few days. Somebody, either if you happen to be like a vast encyclopedia of Star Wars knowledge and you know the answer to this, then just write us and let us know before our next episode or find out. Um, this will be like a little mini contest because I don't think we're gonna like go ahead and give out any prizes for this or anything, but I want to know. And if you, the, the first person to respond and, and tell us and don't make up some bogus answer. Cause we probably <laughs> won't know if it's bogus or not. Cause I don't know where it came from, but if you know the origin of chicken Walker, let us know. And, uh, we will, um, give you a shout out on the next episode and say that you are the biggest star Wars nerd out of all of our listeners, Yes, and which biggest, is a compliment. Yes, totally. Star Wars nerd, that's a, that's as big as compliment as you would want, I think, at the Star yeah. Wars fan. <laughs> you, you've got a Jedi archive in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> we'll name you the biggest Chicken Walker fan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll name you the Chicken Walker holocron. There you go. <laughs> if that doesn't give you an incentive to do that, I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So get to it. Um, okay, so uh, moving on from that, that's pretty much it for the rumors and uh, concept art and all that kind of stuff this week. 
Um, we do have a couple new videos of J.J. Uh, Abrams talking about The Force Awakens, which doesn't happen very often, um, probably because, you know, he's cooped up back in either L.A. or London or wherever they're editing the movie. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he's waist deep in, in post-production stuff right now. But um, I've got one interview uh, that's kind of short that he did with MTV back at uh, kind of near the beginning of January. Um, and then one that's just uh, more recent that actually we just posted today. Um, this was over at Collider.com. And this interview is a little bit longer. This is like five minutes of him talking about, um, I mean, everything from just his sort of genuine excitement as a Star Wars fan to be working on this movie to the way they designed the uh, the sets and the effects and all that kind of stuff. And again, talking about sort of the blend of CGI and practical effects effects that they're using. I know there's been a lot of talk about that and everybody's saying, oh, it's cool. They're going back to the old school um, and doing a lot of you know practical sets and props and all that kind of thing. And he does say, like, they're also using... A lot of CG, you know, there, there's a lot of CGI and uh, computer graphics and stuff in this movie, but they also, you know, whenever possible, tried to build physical sets and physical props and scenery and all that kind of stuff. So that's definitely exciting. Um, I, I can't wait to see sort of the sense of, of realism and believability that that brings to the movie. But even more than that, I mean, just to hear him talk about how excited he is to be um, working on Star Wars. And also, I didn't know this, but he does say that for episodes eight and nine, even though Ryan Johnson is going to be directing those, um, the eight, that J.J. Abrams will be executive producing. And so he'll still have a hand in uh, in the entire Star Wars sequel trilogy and that he's not just sort of one and done and walking away after episode seven. So that's good to know, too. Yeah, to me, that was the biggest thing to come out of the interview from Collider today, him saying that. I just find it funny, too, that it's like still hasn't been officially announced that Ryan Johnson is directing episode eight and writing it. But yet, I mean, even JJ Abrams mentioned that, yeah, episode eight is Ryan. So everyone's talking about it, but still hasn't been confirmed. But yeah, like you said, still kind of good to know that um, he's still going to be involved with it. Uh, obviously not in as much as he will be for the force awakens, but still to have his name out there and be involved in some way with episodes eight and nine. was cool to hear. And also too, the other interesting thing he reveals in an interview that he actually doesn't have a first cut yet done of the movie. They're still cutting it as we speak. So, uh, cause he asked him like, Oh, so like, how are you feeling with your first cut of the movies? All oh, there's no cut yet. Still editing it right now. <laughs> so those two, those things were like the new, uh, reveals, I guess, in this interview that he did. There's no like rough cut of it yet, and that he's going to be Exeter producer for eight and nine. Yeah, which I guess I'm not completely surprised that they don't really have a, a full rough cut of it done yet. Um, I, we've also heard they might be going back to do reshoots pretty soon, and so it could be that they've got a rough cut mostly done, and they need to, uh, you know, they, they realize like, oh, we need to redo this, or we're still missing this, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean they've still got, still got almost a year before the movie comes out, so it's it not seems like, like too schedule by not having a rough cut yet. Yeah, he seems like he's going to be talking a lot about that lightsaber in the years to come. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that was the other thing that was uh, kind of funny to hear him talk about. How he said, uh, you know, ever since it came out, he's gotten emails from people saying that they hate it and it's stupid, yeah. and you know, giving all these arguments for how people would you know kill themselves with it. Um, but then he also said people have um, emailed him with a lot of support about it and even shown him like really detailed diagrams about how <laughs> this is, you know, scientifically plausible and how it really works and all this kind of stuff. And he just thought it was really funny that people got uh, that opinionated about it one way or the other. Yeah, it's, it's like going to be the thing that's going to follow him probably <laughs> as long as he lives where like 
why did you go with that lightsaber design? I mean, unless it like completely blows everyone what blows everyone away, or even the people who are negative on it and hated it get turned around by how cool and how cool it looks in the actual movie, and then what stuff it could do. So maybe it'll all be turned around for the better. But just like it's just funny to hear where it like causes so much debate. How even liking it to even the production crew where they had debates. I'm like, oh, is this possible? Will this work? So it's just kind of funny for him to look at it that way too, where the fans are having those same debates too. <laughs> it was just funny to hear him talk about it. Yeah. And you know, it was also interesting too. Um, there was a report earlier today or this week or something that JJ um, Abrams uh, actually had requested uh, to move up the release date of Star Wars episode seven back to a summer release date. Now, originally we know, it, you know, back in 2012 or whatever, when they first announced episode seven, um, they said it was supposed to come out in summer of 2015. Then it got pushed back to December. And, you know, we, we have the official release date of December 18th now. Um, <clears throat> and so apparently he had actually requested uh, to move up the release date back to summer again, uh, in part probably because of all the the leaks of the concept art and uh, set photos and all that kind of stuff. And I guess maybe they're just trying to get the movie out sooner before, uh, you know, everything gets leaked and spoiled and all that. Um, now, this originated from a site called iQuiz.com, spelled K-W-I-Z. So I don't know how, uh, you know, seriously we should be looking at this. So, you know, take it with a, a heavy dose of salt. Um, and even if this is like a serious discussion that they're having, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that the movie will get moved up to summer. And I would think it probably won't. Um <clears throat> Because I'm sure Disney's got their whole release schedule planned out carefully with, you know, the Avengers coming out in May and then Ant-Man coming out towards the end of the summer and then Star Wars coming out in December. Like, they kind of want to have these big tentpole movies spread out throughout the year and not just uh, sort of put all their eggs in one basket, so to speak. Um, and, of course, you know, they, they'd be just crowding up the summer blockbuster season even more by moving Star Wars to there. But it is an interesting thought, and that is kind of a, a good way to curb uh, some of the leaks and stuff if they were able to move it up that quickly. But at the same time, if he says they don't have a rough cut of the film done yet, um, I mean, obviously it's still early. It's only beginning of February, but I, I have a hard time believing that that's something that would actually happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's something that they have actually talked about. Yeah. I don't know. When I first heard this, I really didn't think too much of it where it was actually a possibility. Because, like you said, they don't have a rough cut right now. And plus, too, I think J.J. Abrams was kind of the main, like, uh, one of the main people involved with the production of the movie who wanted to push back to December so they can have more time. So I would highly doubt that he'd now go, oh, okay, I want it to be pushed back up again. So I also read, too, where kind of might have been something he said, like, in a joking way or something. I was, like, tongue-in-cheek as, like, some speech he was given saying that, yeah, maybe to stop these leaks coming out, which I should get with Disney to try to have them push it up to summer or something like that. So I'm not sure it was like even if he did say it, that it was that serious. So, yeah, I mean, as much as I would love to be a celebration, they say, oh, by the way, it's coming out next month in May. <laughs> you don't have to wait that long. I really don't think this is going to happen. And there's something that maybe just got like blown out of proportion or like I said, maybe it was inaccurately reported. So who knows? I just think, yeah, it's still going to be December 18th, 2015. That's for sure. That would be absolutely insane though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we were at star Wars celebration, especially because on the last day of celebration, they always have <clears throat> this like, uh, you know, closing ceremonies or whatever. Um, where usually, you know, they, they show, highlights from the convention and uh you know people have have people just kind of talk about 
uh, you know, Star Wars going forward. I actually didn't get to go to the one at Celebration 6 last time because I was at Sam Witwer's panel uh, kind of right up until that thing started, and then I didn't get to uh, get in line in time to get into the the hall for that closing ceremonies because they had, um, you know, a limit cap on how many people could be in the room and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think at that point they announced... They announced the release dates for episodes two and three in 3D, uh, which were obviously still scheduled at that point um, before the whole Disney thing went down and before those got put on the back burner. And then they also announced the dates for Celebration Europe, I think. Um, And so I'm sure at this, you know, for for Celebration Anaheim this year, you know, they'll announce the date for the next convention. Um, But there will probably be some... Yeah, there, there might be some kind of big news that they announce right on the last day, and it probably won't be like a new trailer or anything because I'm sure that stuff will happen earlier in the weekend. But if they did end up pushing up the release date, I'm sure that would probably be when they would announce it. Um, and man, people would just go nuts. But I mean, as I said, it's something interesting to think about. I actually would not be surprised if this is a discussion J.J. Abrams has had with Kathleen Kennedy and with Disney, but it is something that I really don't see happening. Yeah, I mean, can you just imagine though, like after celebration? Oh, we only got a month to wait, <laughs> like a few weeks to wait for the movie. That'd be like the ultimate. But oh, that would be so crazy. I mean, I think if they did do that, it would probably be like a June or July release, because um, I can't see them putting it in the same month with the Avengers, yeah, because you know Disney doesn't want to be competing with itself. So yeah, plus they have to think about all the marketing too, like all the merchandise. But I mean, if they move the release date for that, it's gonna put a big like hassle and challenge for all like the toy companies and the merchandise to go with it too yeah that's true which again is why i think i I mean it does seem possible that they could have talked about this but i it seems like something that would be really hard to pull off even if they had time to get the movie done by then like you said all the marketing and release stuff surrounding it would uh you know have to be readjusted too and that would be a big pain don't you think too like Bob Iger and the rest of the Disney executive would be kind of upset like like first we had the May release date, then you asked us to push it back. Now you're asking us to go back to the May release date after yeah. all the marketing stuff in motion. It's like make Well, up your I mind. mean we we do know that they're taking all these leaks and stuff pretty seriously. They actually um I think just issued a subpoena against imageshack.com yeah. where those first uh I, I think that was where the big concept concept art image leak happened um back a few months ago. And so they were <clears throat> I guess I, I don't think they're actually persecu- or prosecuting the website, but they're trying to uh, you know find out who posted those images on there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. we know it's something that they're not taking lightly. Exactly. Yeah. So they want to stop it right here, as far as anything else coming out. Like I said, if we're talking about that actual photo of uh, Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Chewie. Man, they would probably lose their mind if that got out, or like any official actual photo image of the characters got out they'd be like oh man <laughs> couldn't yeah. imagine how infuriated they would be yeah but at the same time i mean like i said i'd rather see some of that stuff than a, a leaked script or uh you know some big spoilery plot detail from the end of the movie true yeah but still either way they won't be happy even uh, though yeah. us as fans would be <laughs> Yeah. Um, but then, uh, so let's see, moving on to, uh, one more small bit of casting news. Um, this is just from Yahoo movies saying that, um, uh, an actress named Leanne best is supposedly going to have a role in episode seven. Um, and this was like from a press release from her, uh, agency or her manager or whatever. Um, 
saying that she was available for interviews at some press event and just happened to mention in this press release that she'll be in episode seven and just kind of dropped it in there. Um, and so again, I mean, nothing really super surprising there. You know, we, we know who all the main cast are unless there's maybe some big surprise or something that they're keeping from us. But for the most part, we know who all the main, uh, actors are, and we know there are going to be plenty of smaller roles played by people who we don't quite know about yet, but we've been hearing, um, you know, lots of other names being dropped for, you know, just smaller roles, um, supporting roles in the movie. So here's one more right along those lines. Yeah, another one too. That's after uh, principal photography as Rashka. <laughs> we heard, uh, yeah. So like those stunt actors from uh, the Raid movie, and now this actress. So even though the movie's finished, and like I said, there's possible reshoots that can involve these actors, but we're still hearing some names pop up for people who are going to be in the Force Awakens, which I find kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I mean, they didn't uh, they didn't tell us the names of every single person playing every single character in the movie, so I'm sure we're going to get more of these names popping up. Now that principal photography photography is wrapped, and again, now that um, you know, people have worked on the movie and they're starting to get a little bit more loose-lipped about it, so yeah, we'll see if like the day before the movie comes out, we're still getting casting names. <laughs> like, oh <laughs> wait, this person's in the movie, or I'm in the movie now. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll it'll end before that time. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll go see the movie and still be like. Whoa, is that Nathan Fillion in the background? Yeah. <laughs> or did he just lend his voice to this alien character? <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll have Howard the Duck in Star Wars, just like they yeah. had in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, they're all part of the same family. They could if they want. <laughs> Technically, yeah. Uh, I wonder if we'll ever see a Star Wars alien in the collector's collection, in, like the Guardians of the Galaxy sequel or something. This sounds a joke. It's like, oh, that would be see. cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, just well, no, they don't own ET. I was going to say, let's just make ET the running joke where he's like in these different franchises, but they yeah, don't. well, yeah, because they did have ET in Star Wars. Yeah, <clears throat> we could put Yoda species since they have no name. We don't know what whole planet there are. <laughs> if we just yeah, mystery. <laughs> and Star Lord points it out. He's like, "Hey, what's that?" And the collector's like, "I don't actually know." Yeah, <laughs> but technically, Peter Quill would know since he would seen Empire by then. By the time he well, yeah, but I mean, he wouldn't have known the uh, the name of the alien species. Yeah, if it was just like a Yoda species and not actually Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> you could just call it a Yoda. <laughs> uh, now I want to see that cameo. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, and then we've got uh, you know this this report came out a little while ago uh, talking to George Lucas about uh, the Force Awakens, and of course his movie Strange Magic just came out, and so there had been a lot of um, press around that, where there were you know lots of different interviews with him, and um, he did finally see the Force Awakens trailer and said he was you know thought it was interesting and was kind of intrigued by it and uh, wanted to see how it turned out on the big screen. Um, <clears throat> but the one thing that uh, people were talking a lot about from that. Um, is that George Lucas revealed through these interviews that uh, the original story treatments that he gave to Disney to do uh, Star Wars Episode Seven are not the ones that they're, um, yeah, that they're still doing. Now we've heard some some sort of conflicting reports on that. Um, he he says in this article he says the ones I sold to Disney the, they came up with the decision that they didn't really want to do those so they made up their own so it's not the ones that I originally wrote now some people have sort of interpreted that to mean that they completely threw out his treatments and wrote their own completely from scratch um other people think that you know they just changed them and they sort of still used his as a template but it's not going to be completely his story that it's going to have a lot of different changes to it um 
And it's been interesting to see that some people have gotten sort of really like offended and upset about this. And they're like, oh, man, well, it's Star Wars and George Lucas should still have a part of it. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of upset that they uh, tossed out his ideas. But I don't know. Like, personally, I wasn't surprised by this at all because we already know that the movie has um, changed scripts and changed writers once. Um, and so, you know, when, when Michael Arndt left and J.J. Uh, Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan came in to rewrite the script... Um, I mean, I, I basically assumed that either Michael Arndt's script deviated too far from George Lucas's treatments and they, uh, you know, uh, Kasdan and, uh, Abrams rewrote it to be closer to that. Or I, I think more likely it's probably the opposite scenario where maybe Michael Arndt's script was based off George Lucas's story and then people weren't happy about some things. So then maybe, um, you know, uh, you know, Kasdan and Abrams came up with some new stuff and just wrote a new story. Um, now, either way, I still think there's probably at least going to be, you know, at the very least, some basic story elements or some character names or something like that that are based off the George Lucas treatments. Um, because I, I, I think, I mean, it, it is hard for me to imagine that he doesn't, you know, that he's not going to have any influence whatsoever on the new Star Wars movie. But at the same time, I mean, it, it really doesn't surprise me that with the amount of time that they've been spending on this, that things have, uh, you know, over time eventually just diverted away from his original uh, his original story for it. Yeah, when I first heard this, um, honestly, I kind of felt like disappointed to hear those words come out of George Lucas's mouth where he said, like, the ones that I came up with they decided not to use them and they're going to do their own. I was like, oh man, that's really disappointing because like you said, we knew before that things have changed with the script since J.J. Uh, Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan took over for Michael Arndt. And I believe the report was that in that original script, uh, Han, Luke, and Leia just had like real so small supporting roles, but in the new version with Lawrence Kasdan and Abrams, they kind of expanded roles in the movie, but I always thought that, yeah, it's still going to be based on the general story that George Lucas created and some new characters that he created. So when I heard him say that, I was like, oh man, so sounds like a lot more got changed than originally thought. And to hear him say that none of it's being used, that kind of took me by surprise. But then kind of thinking about it more and reading more like reports on it and stuff and talking to other people, it's like, yeah, I still really think that, uh, who knows how much, but not everything George Lucas wrote in those story treatments got thrown in the trash and not being used. They're still going to follow some of the stuff he put on there. Because let's be honest, too. George Lucas isn't really the most honest person sometimes in interviews, <laughs> where sometimes he can say things to exaggerate. I mean, we know how long he's been saying, oh, episode three is the last one. We're never going to see a sequel trilogy. There never was a sequel trilogy planned. So we know we can not always tell the truth in these interviews. So I think this might be a case, too, where he's maybe exaggerating a little bit. He knows certain things have changed, and maybe there's things that he doesn't like the necessary changes, and he's maybe disappointed by that they're not using from his original treatment. So maybe just saying that to kind of clear himself in case like since he's not necessarily too happy with it and if it doesn't go over very well he'll know that yeah it's not his but you know yeah when it's all said and done i think there's still going to be story treatments or his stuff from the story treatments be in the movie because too i think it would have been too much in the short amount of production time they had to get this movie out in 2015 for them to really start all the way over and just start from scratch and create new characters new plot points and everything so there still had to be a basic structure that they that they're working on from his story treatment. So, yeah, when I first heard it, I was really disappointed, but now I'm kind of more content with it, where it's like, yeah, I think it's somewhere in the middle, not as extreme as George Lucas was saying, where they're using nothing, but maybe a little more has changed than they originally thought. So, But in the end, 
I mean, I, I put, said this in the post I made on our website where it's like everything we've seen and heard so far about this movie and the story and the possible rumors that we've heard, it all sounds great to me. And I am fully confident that the story we're going to get from Abram to Kazan is going to be something awesome and just live up to other stories that George has given us. So, yeah, I'm pretty much not too concerned with it anymore. But it was just a shock initially to hear those words come out of George Lucas's mouth. Yeah, I think everything has sounded good so far, except for those original, or you know, some of those old rumors way back at the beginning that uh, you know Palpatine or Vader was yeah. going to somehow be resurrected, and I, I was like, no, don't do that. But other than that, yeah, I would agree that everything we've heard so far um, <clears throat> sounds like it would, or at least possibly could, if done right, uh, make for a really cool Star Wars story. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think they've definitely changed his ideas. I don't think they're just, you know, sticking to the letter to his original uh, story drafts. But at the same time, I don't think they've completely tossed him out the window and gone in a totally different direction. Um, but we'll see. Um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get some more revealing interviews about that after the movie comes out. Um, I mean, I would love to read George Lucas's original treatments for that movie or yeah. at least, you know, see an interview with him where he says like, yeah, well, so, you know, when this happens, originally I was going to have it be completely different and this was going to happen and this person was going to be related to this person and this person was going to kill this person and then all this was going to be different. So, um, you know, that, that'll be something that would be really interesting to see and hopefully we'll, we'll get to see one day after we see the movie. Like they couldn't even do it as a comic again, like they did with uh, the yeah. Star Wars with his original drafts. Yeah, I, there you I just go. think it's fun here comparing the different versions that are out there because we know how different the Empire and Jedi scripts were from the actual finished project. So yeah. it's just fun to compare them. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, something else that was interesting too that came out from uh, a different interview that George Lucas did was um, that originally he had planned to make Episode Seven himself. Um, and the, you know, again, this is interesting because you're talking about how, uh, even though we have records of, uh, you know, interviews back from like 1983, where he said he was going to one day make, um, you know, episodes seven, eight, nine, then for years he's denied it. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, if he wrote story treatments and sold the company to Disney, then maybe he wasn't planning to make episode seven, eight, nine, like all along, maybe he came up with it just to, you know, make the, the, you know, kind of sweeten the pot and make the company more valuable before he sold it. But now it's like, no, he was going to make episode seven himself and then sell the company off to somebody else uh, to make episodes eight and nine. And then he decided he didn't really want to do that just because it's hard for him to, to sort of stop working on something in the middle of it. He said, like, if he had made episode seven, then he would have wanted to make eight and nine too. And he didn't want to devote the next 10 years of his life to, um, you know, to making a a whole new star Wars trilogy, especially now that he's getting on in years and, uh, he and his wife just had a baby. And so, um, he's like, you know, at this point, I, I think he's the, the quote he said was like, uh, the time is more important to me than the money at this point. Um, which is, you know, it's nice to hear from someone in Hollywood who's making big movies and stuff. And everybody thinks it's such a, a big money driven industry. And obviously the guy just made $4 billion selling his company, but at the same time, um, you know, he, he was like, I'm just gonna sort of put this down now. Um, and, and walk away from it and spend time with my family and spend time doing my own projects and not, uh, you know, just keep on trying to make movies just for the profit. Um, but I mean, it is interesting to think, um, how, how we could have been at this point, 
um, you know, how, how different things would have been if it had been George Lucas who had said, hey, there's going to be a Star Wars Episode Seven, um, and then had sold the company to Disney afterwards. Like, we probably wouldn't even know about that at this point. We would just know that George Lucas was making Star Wars Episode Seven, and then, you know, some people would be excited about it. Some people would be worried, like, oh, is this just going to be the prequels all over again? So, um I mean, honestly, I, I think he probably made the right choice by just handing it off at the beginning because now, um, you know, for him wanting to, to sort of just step away from it and be with his family and stuff, it's like he's got all the time that he needs and he doesn't have to worry about uh, making a movie of this scale. And it does sort of seem fitting to just, uh, you know, rather than handing it off halfway, just hand it off to a new generation of filmmakers to make the entire trilogy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see how it turns out. Um, I think JJ Abrams is going to do a great job, but I thought that was just kind of interesting to hear like, Oh, this whole could have been way different if George was still doing it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think how everything's played out so far with Disney acquiring Star Wars is probably for the best. I mean, besides Clone Wars getting canceled in several video games, but besides <sighs> that, regarding the general movies anyway, I think this was the best decision, like you said, because it just would have been weird if he made episode seven, then all of a sudden we get the announcement, okay, I'm selling it off to Disney. And like you said, it could have had a mixed reaction for, let's say episode seven turned out awesome, like with George Lucas, for those of us, for those who liked it, would have said, oh no, is Disney going to ruin the next, you know, like it's going to be totally different. Or for those who hated it, episode seven with George directed, they would have said, oh good, Disney can hire someone else to like uh, get it back in shape or get it on the right track or whatever. Regardless what your opinion is, this would have been a strange way to handle the situation regarding a new trilogy because it would have like two different feels when you're starting a new trilogy. It should all, even though each movie will have its own distinct feel, it should all have like this cohesive storytelling and like uh, feel to it like the prequels and the original trilogies do. So yeah, it just would have been strange if it played out that way. But yeah, starting and fresh with episode seven, New characters, new cast members, all under Disney now. I think it's the best way to go. But like you said, it was interesting, his original plan. And I just would have been real curious to see how it all would have played out and just the reaction it would have gotten if it did happen where Episode 7 came out in May 2015 and then, boom, it sold to Disney. And who knows what would have happened afterwards. Yeah, it certainly would have been surprising. Yeah. Like I said, I just mentioned, the only good thing probably would have been from that, we would have gotten more seasons of Clone Wars. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. I mean, hopefully they would have been like wrapping Clone Wars up about now and then. Yeah, you're uh, probably right. Maybe that would have been the end game to lead up to Episode Seven. Yeah, possibly. Darn it! <laughs> okay, now I'm a little tad just disappointed, but <laughs> yeah, that, that's still probably the one thing I'm most disappointed about by the whole Disney deal. I mean, it sucks that thirteen thirteen is is canceled too, but at least we sort of get Battlefront to replace that. Yeah, um, and we also got Star Wars Rebels in place of the Clone Wars, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I've really enjoyed Star Wars Rebels so far, but I still miss Clone Wars. Whereas if I had the choice between 1313 and a new Battlefront, and as cool as 1313 looked, I really love me some Star Wars Battlefront. <laughs> so, I, I mean, as painful as the 1313 loss was, I think we might actually win out on that deal in the long term. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one with Battlefront. <laughs> Unless, well, we'll get into it later with Battlefront, because I've talked about it before. Unless they just focus just on original trilogy, then I can go on a whole nother rant. <laughs> but we'll yeah, say that. I later. don't think they will, though. But we'll see. Um, so anyway, uh, one other quick note here about Episode 7 um, is that uh, the guys over at Jedi News um, have some rumors about some different Star Wars merchandise and uh, some, some figures that might come out with... Uh, like a, a repackaged uh, set of like the Blu-ray movies or something later this year. 
Um, but also I guess sort of the most notable thing here is that they're saying uh, that the release date for all the Episode 7 merchandise is going to be September 4th of this year. Um, <clears throat> which on the one hand seems kind of early because uh, that's like a good three and a half months before the movie comes out. But at the same time, you know they want this stuff out well in advance before Christmas and Black Friday and all that kind of stuff. So it's you know, not really surprising. But I do hope that there aren't like you know any any spoilerish action figures um released like that far ahead of uh the movie coming out you know like ray with detachable severed hand or han and yeah. exploding <laughs> millennium falcon or something like that yeah that would hopefully they learned a lesson <clears throat> so um one and two stuff. I remember, well, of course, episode one had the soundtrack reveal of Qui Gon, and then I think episode two had figures where like Anakin's arm that gets cut off and Jango's head. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I could avoid that. But I had the same reaction that you did as far as September fourth being a little too early. But at the same time, too, I thought getting a trailer back in twenty fourteen in November was too early, <laughs> but we got that. So that is true. So I gotta let go of that uh, notion I have. Oh, this is too early than what we're used to because like. We said before, it's a whole new ball game now with Disney. So September fourth does actually make sense. Like you made a good point too. They want to have them out there plenty of time for the holidays. So September would be a ideal date, I guess. Yeah, and you know that'll be good because then we'll have time to to actually get out there and find some of these figures. Because you know, once Christmas time comes, they are all going to be gone. Yeah. <clears throat> Except for the characters that are going to be on the shelves forever, like the minor characters. Like, I wonder who's going to be the Force Awakens Rick Olay. Oh, yeah. Maybe Max von Sydow's character. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, there'll probably be tons of BB-8s. Um, and Kylo Ren's going to be the rare Darth Maul where, like, only one comes in a box or something. Oh, yeah. It's always the case with the cool characters. You can never get them right away because they never ship out enough. Yeah, I don't know. I get the feeling like Han and Luke and Leia might be harder to find than uh, than some of the new characters. That's and true. even like the, I, I would think, at least I would hope that Kylo Ren won't be that hard to find. But like the Chrome Stormtroopers, yeah, good luck finding yeah. those. <laughs> um, or you know, like that Chrome Stormtrooper commander or uh, any other surprise characters we might get. Yeah, that's a good point. The Chrome Stormtrooper, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kylo Ren's outfit looks cool from that sculpt we saw of it from the early uh, toy designs. But once we see that final clone trooper design, especially if it still has that cloak and hood, it's going to be tough to doubt that one <laughs> as yeah. far as the, how cool the characters look. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's pretty much it for all the Episode Seven stuff. Um, now back to talking about Star Wars Battlefront, which we just mentioned. Uh, we've got a couple new articles about that. Um, and, you know, not re really revealing a whole lot of new stuff. Uh, we did get one article on IGN where they revealed a new piece of concept art um, with a couple of rebel troopers on Endor and a couple of stormtroopers in the background and an ATAT or ATST. Um, oh, or, uh, I'm sorry, Chicken Walker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's also another one that's crashed on the ground in front of it, and there's some fire on the background, or, you know, some, some big fires going on in the background. So you've got some roast chicken, Walker. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I'll take the leg, please. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an imperial drumstick. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, okay, we've got to put that on the menu for the eventual Star Wars themed restaurant at like a Disney park or something. KFC, Kashyyyk Fried Chicken Walkers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colonel Chewbacca Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I swear I'm not hopped up on cold medication. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not, because I'm making the same wild, weird <laughs> jokes, too. So <laughs> yep. Um, all right, but yeah, so I mean, we've got that cool piece of concept art, and also they're, uh, you know, just talking a little bit more about the game, um, and uh, of course, just the, the amount of detail and attention that DICE is putting into this, um, mentioning that there's going to be a, a big variety of uh, scales and different uh, gameplay modes within the maps. Um, and that the some of the gameplay modes will sort of be tailored to the different environments and the different sizes of the maps and stuff. So, I mean, for example, they say, um, you know, the gameplay on Hoth where, you know, it's just big snowy planes and you're going to have snow speeders and AT-ATs and stuff is going to be a lot different than, uh, you know, the, how you're going to play in the dense forests of Endor. Um, I mean, most of this is stuff that we've heard before just talking about, um, you know, putting all this attention to detail in here to allow players to live out, you know, their Star Wars battle fantasies and all this kind of stuff. But, um, man, I mean, I, I am so excited with this game. Yeah, just seeing that concept art <laughs> got you excited <laughs> for it because it looked really cool. I and mean, that's not even gameplay footage or anything, though. So. Yeah. And we got and, that use that E3. I mean, the next the next footage we're going to get is going to be awesome. Yeah. Now, they're still saying that uh, they're they're going to sort of have the big reveal for the game this spring, which I'm really hoping is at Celebration. Um, I mean, at the very least, I would think, you know, maybe we'll get some new pieces of concept art or some screenshots or something like that at Celebration. And then maybe the big reveal will be at E3 or at some gaming convention or something. But I really hope that the big reveal for all this stuff is at, at uh, Celebration Anaheim. Yeah, I'm like, that's in the spring. Big. It's in April. Like it yeah. doesn't get more spring than that. It makes sense. I mean, I'm just hoping we get at least maybe <laughs> we'll get like a trailer with some gameplay footage, and then I mean, as cool as it would be to have playable demos at Celebration, maybe that's what they'll save at E3. Yeah, I'm sure like, there'll be some stuff at E3 too. But then again, I mean, if they have playable demos at Celebration Anaheim, like man, maybe it would be better if they did save that for E3. Because if they have a playable demo of Star Wars Battlefront at Celebration Anaheim, like, I won't even go to the Episode 7 panel because you won't be able to pull me <laughs> off that thing. No, they should do. If there's going to be a line <laughs> waiting for the Episode 7 panel, they should have some of the kiosks or, like, displays <laughs> where you get to play while you're waiting online. To oh, heck yes. But then when the line starts moving, I'll be like, Tim, just keep going and, like, save my spot, and I'll catch up to you after I yeah. beat, like, five more levels. Uh, unless it's time where it like resets after a certain like two minutes or something you have to start all over again <laughs> i, I still would probably just keep playing just to play a new battlefront game like i have been waiting for this for so long yeah 10 years <laughs> i have waited a long time for this game my <laughs> little green friend uh, your revenge is coming just from a video game <laughs> not to rule the world <laughs> or the galaxy and we shall have peace that we will yes <laughs> yep <laughs> but like um, I said, yeah so i mean there's this article at ign where they're talking about a bunch of stuff there's also um another article at GameSpot. um where again they're not talking about too much stuff but they do say that uh 
the, the game will be sort of aligned with Star Wars Episode Seven um, since it's releasing around the same time. Um, it's not going to be like directly based on the movie, but it will incorporate some elements from it. <clears throat> so I'm sure you can probably expect to uh, play in at least a couple different locations from the new movie. You can expect to play as those new stormtroopers. And if you listen, listen real closely, you can hear Tim jumping up and down in the background. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you know, the, the characters, the locations, all that kind of stuff will be incorporated in there. Um, <clears throat> so I would think it would probably be like Battlefront 2 where you can play in, uh, you know, the Galactic Civil War or the Clone Wars era. Um, and then they'll probably add a third era, which will be the sequel trilogy or whatever this new conflict is going to be called. I'm sure they'll you know have a name for it by that point. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, as much as this stuff is going to be excited for the game, and we just keep hearing about, you know, like, the original trilogy <laughs> levels, Hoth, Endor, and now we're saying that was going to be some Episode 7 elements. I said it before, I'll say it again, if there's no prequel stuff in it, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. So I'm trying to keep my expectations where I don't think they're going to go that route. Or even if it's DLC, I won't mind as long as we get it. But if they totally ignore the prequel stuff, I'm going to be upset i really am, so. yeah well here's the thing i i don't know that i would even necessarily be upset i would be shocked if they ignored that big of a portion of uh you know the star wars mythos that is so conducive to a game like battlefront i remember you know back a few months or a year ago or something there was an article on ign where they were talking about battlefront and i i think it might have even been one of the videos that they do where they have like two of their guys, yeah. you know, just sort of sitting there talking about what they want to see from a new game. And one of them was saying something like, <clears throat> yeah, you know, because the prequels were such a disappointment and blah, blah, blah. They should just stay away from that. And it should all just be focused on the original trilogy and, you know, maybe include some stuff from episode seven, but you know, really people just want to play in, you know, Imperial walkers and they want to play Endor and Hoth and all these big battles and stuff. No, they don't. <laughs> um, and, well, uh, yeah, and I mean, see, here's the thing. Those are sort of, you know, some of the, the most iconic Star Wars battles and locations and stuff. And, of course, I want to play those. But but here's the thing. You're, you're talking about uh, DICE's Frostbite engine on the next-gen consoles. We're looking at probably 64-player multiplayer battles with, you know, destructible environments and all that other kind of stuff. And you're going to tell me with all that new technology, you don't want to play the battle of geonosis with all that kind of stuff. Like you're either lying or you don't know how to enjoy a star Wars game. Cause that is just <laughs> going to be awesome. Um, I mean, cause you know, B battlefront two is really fun where, you know, you, you get to run around with a lot of units and stuff, but it, it, you know, it feel, like they, a lot of times they feel more like skirmishes, if you know what I mean, just because they can't like, overpopulate with uh, you know a whole t bunch of units and stuff like that um but like when you watch episode two and there's uh, you know just some of those shots from the battle of geonosis like after the the uh clone army is showing up and when they're just in the thick of that battle yeah and you just see tons of clone troopers and tons of droids and they're you know shooting at each other through the dust after that crashed uh you know droid ship comes back down um, I'm like, man, that's what I want to play in a Star Wars game. I want like two big armies going at it. And I'm sure we're probably going to be able to finally get that feeling from, uh, you know, from this Battlefront game. But yeah, I mean, there's so much cool stuff that you can do with the prequels and not just, um, 
you know, the original trilogy, I mean, playing on, uh, like I said, Geonosis, but also like the battles of Kashyyyk and Utapau and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that is, um, you know, I, I can't wait to play that kind of stuff. So I would be really surprised as well as disappointed, but more just surprised and, uh, sort of appalled if they completely ignored that, that portion of Star Wars. And I really don't think they're going to. Yeah. I'm just getting a little concerned because a lot of the interviews, you, I mean, there hasn't been much granted, but all we've been talking about, like original trilogy levels, original trilogy levels. And then when you hear comments from that, like you've mentioned from IGN, if they're getting feedback like that from like the video game industry and stuff, maybe they're going to cater to that more. Like, oh, only the true fans care about is the original trilogy, so we'll cater more to them. And, you know, the whole thing was focused with just the characters are going to be in episode seven and all that. Let's focus on the original trilogy. It would just, uh, I'd be so upset if that happens. And just a waste too, because you've said all that stuff that they can do with this frostbite engine now and what cool battle scenarios are in the prequels and just how, just even as a sequel for a game, for it to have less content than your past two games that had all those different planets from the movies, it would that just add to the disappointment too. I'm just going to, I can just imagine them saying, you know, we just wanted to really focus our attention on the classic Star Wars battles that everyone knows and loves that we couldn't give our full attention to other prequel levels and stuff. So that's why we decided to focus everything on the levels from the original trilogy and maybe a planet or two from episode seven. So I just have that worry where I can hear the developers say stuff like that. No, nah, so, I, I wouldn't even yeah. worry about that because here's the thing too. I mean, if you think about call of duty or battlefield or any of these other big shooter games that are out now, um, especially when you're going to be playing online against people and stuff, you figure you got to have at least like a dozen different maps to play on. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're going to just stick to the original trilogy, that limits you to pretty much Tatooine, Hoth, and or um, if you want to stretch it, maybe Dagobah, um, maybe a battle inside the Death Star or inside a Star Destroyer. Or I mean, in, in Battlefront 2, like they had the Tantive 4, they had Yavin 4, all that kind of stuff. But um, that still is really just like a handful of locations now one thing i think they might do is if they include prequel stuff maybe just stick to the planets where there actually were battles mm -hmm. so you might have naboo geonosis um kashik utapau Maigido, and maybe cut out some of like the mustafar and polis masa and uh yeah. you know stuff like that that they had in in battlefront 2 but um i mean it, it depends on uh you know how much they're gonna try to balance quality and quantity there like if they're only gonna do a dozen maps and they're gonna be really good then i wouldn't mind them cutting out some of that stuff sure as long as, like I said, they get the big battle locations in there. But, I mean, there's so many different Star Wars planets to choose from. Um, I mean, heck, my, my big dream, and it, I, I'm not really holding out a whole lot of hope for this, but it would be really cool, is if they included some planets from Clone Wars. Like, if there was a freaking Umbara map on there. Uh. <laughs> um, and that would be awesome. But... I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll see. Again, in this age of, like, DLC and all that kind of stuff, who knows? We might get a Clone Wars expansion map pack with, you know, Umbara and, uh, I don't know, what are some of the other big battles on there? I doubt we'll get Mon Calamari, but... Um, like Ryloth would be know, cool. Yeah, Ryloth, Christophsis, some of those other ones. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's so much stuff they can draw from. And, yeah, like you said, right now they've pretty much... I mean, the only things we've really seen are Hoth and... Uh, Endor, but um, I mean, I, I, there's no way that's all that's going to be in the game. Like, I wouldn't even worry about that because there's going to be 
plenty of stuff. I'll just say this. If they come out and say we're not doing the prequel stuff, expect a big, long rant for me on one of our <laughs> next episodes after they say that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm like I said, I'm not even worried about that. But we only have hopefully like maybe two or three more months before we find all that out. So. Yeah. So hopefully it won't be exciting. too long to get a definite answer. Yeah. Holy crap. We're like maybe two months and a week away from celebration. Yeah, man. It's, it's right Sweet. there. Sweet. <laughs> It's um, starting. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we do have one rumor about uh, the the sort of unknown Star Wars game that Visceral is working on. Um, but there's <clears throat> we've got a, a rumor here from Star Wars Seven News saying that um, the video game is going to focus on Han Solo and that it might tie in with one of the spinoff films. Um, so, I mean, that could work out because we have heard a lot of rumors about a possible Han Solo spinoff film or that Han and Boba Fett might both appear in the same spinoff film. Um, and again, we'll, we'll talk a whole lot more spinoff film stuff on our next episode. But um, yeah, I mean, this seems like it could be a pretty cool idea. Um, honestly, I mean, again, RIP 1313, I'd kind of rather play as <laughs> Boba Fett in a video game than Han Solo just because... Boba Fett's got so many more gadgets and, you know, jetpacks and missiles and flamethrowers and all that kind of stuff. That would all be fun to use in a video game. But, um, I mean, I'm sure uh, a Han Solo-focused video game, especially if it's, you know, something like Uncharted or something like that. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. Could certainly, uh, you know, work out pretty well. Yeah, that would be really cool. That just makes me think, too, like, what would I rather have? A game that has its own story but ties in with the standalone movie or an adaption of the standalone movie because most modern games now are just tie into it. They tell their own story, which is cool. But at the same time, I kind of miss the old days where like you have games that were adapted, like based off the movie, like the super star Wars games for the super Nintendo. And granted, not all of them work out that good because the Phantom Menace game was horrible, <laughs> but <laughs> I just do kind of miss those days where we get adaption of the movies where if they put the time and effort to make it a quality game, it could be good. But sadly, that's not the case all the time. So yeah, either way though, if we get a Han Solo game that's like uncharted, with Boba Fett in there too. I mean, it could be a, a thing too. We have two separate campaigns where you do Boba Fett and Han Solo and they kind of come together in the story at the end. That could be cool too. So. Oh yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Now, yeah, see, I mean, I think I would prefer just a tie-in game. And they, they talk about it in this article that um, there's a possibility of it being like a prequel to the standalone film. Um, but yeah, I mean, A, I like games with original stories, especially in Star Wars. Like, it's always cool to get original Star Wars stories from a video game. Um, I, I do kind of agree with what you said, where it's cool to be able to play through uh, the story of a game or the, the story of a movie in a game. But at the same time, I mean, like you said, that, that really doesn't work out a lot of times. And usually it's because they have to meet a certain date to, uh, you know, get the game done by the time the movie comes out. And then, you know, it's more of meeting a deadline rather than taking the time they need to to make a really good yeah. game. Um, and I think Star Wars has been one of the few exceptions in that category. Um, especially, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like we've gotten a whole lot of direct movie tie-in slash adaptation games in the past few years anyways. But um, sort of back in like the early 2000s, like in the sort of Xbox PS2 era, it seemed like every game coming out was getting, uh, you know, a, a video game tie-in. And 
a, you know, a lot of them weren't that great. And Star Wars was kind of a cut above the rest because there were so many Star Wars games coming out at that time. And most of them weren't based directly off of, uh, you know, directly off the movies. Although I will say, I mean, I never played that Phantom Menace game that I heard was bad. Um, <laughs> but the Revenge of the Sith game for Xbox wasn't too bad. That one was pretty good. Yeah, but, I like that game. It got bad reviews too, but when I played it, it's like, this is actually pretty fun. Oh, see, I remember that getting, I mean, at least decent reviews. Um, but again, it's because we're Star Wars fans yeah. and you just let us run around and hit stuff with a lightsaber and, you know, we're going to enjoy it. But, um, well, no, episode one game in that Obi-Wan game that launched the original Xbox. So oh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, around that time you had like Battlefront and Republic Commando and Jedi Starfighter and, uh, the Rogue Squadron games and all that stuff coming out and, you know, people loved it, and Star Wars was like that one exception to the rule of movie games suck, and it's because Star Wars games weren't directly based off the movies, and the ones that were weren't all that great. Yeah, like they had those few clunkers, and I remember you ever played Star Wars Demolition? No, but I heard about it. Yeah, I got that one with <laughs> like nineteen bucks or like twenty bucks or something on the Dreamcast. So like, yeah, I had some fun with it, but I could see why it didn't really do that great. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, so there, there's been this this long history of great Star Wars games that I hope they can sort of pick back up again because, I mean, really after around 2005, 2006, you know, Battlefront, Republic Commando, Empire at War, sort of that generation was sort of the last great um, sort of surge of Star Wars games. And then really the only good stuff we got after that was the Lego games. And of course I love Lego Star Wars. So that, you know, those games were great, but then, um, you know, 2008, we got the force unleashed and then we got the force unleashed two, which was like half a game. Um, and then of course, you know, connect Star Wars, but really on the, <laughs> on the Xbox 360 and PS3 and that generation of consoles, like, I, you know, Lucasfilm totally missed the boat there. Yep. I know. That's why hopefully, I mean, we're obviously getting Battlefront this year. I'm saying like, since this console generation is still pretty, pretty early on in its life cycle, hopefully we get some like back to those old days, like you were mentioning, some good quality Star Wars games throughout the Xbox One and PS4's life cycle. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if we'll get them at the same rate that we were getting them, sure. you know, like I said, back in the early 2000s. Cause, I mean, even with, you know, that's also when Knights of the Old Republic and Code War II were coming out and um, because, you know, Lucasfilm was, or LucasArts was working with all these different developers and you had maybe like two or three Star Wars games a year coming out and most of them were really good. But I mean, at this point, even if we just get one a year, like I'd, I'll be happy with that. Yeah. And you know, EA was like, they're one of those big companies who kind of like to annualize the property where they want one game out a year on a particular yeah. license. So since they have three different developers working on titles, like you can probably expect that, I would think. Most definitely. Yep. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much it for the video game stuff, except also, um, that new star Wars battle pods arcade game is out now. Um, I haven't gotten to try it yet. I don't know anywhere near me that has one, but I'm going to try to find one soon ish. Cause I've heard that it's really cool and it looks yeah. pretty cool. So I'd like to try that out. Yeah. That's another thing. I'm pretty safe to assume that the <clears throat> they'd have that celebration to try out. Oh maybe. yeah. That I think is a given. Yeah. And if not, maybe like have it at Disneyland too, where it's something nearby you could try it out if you're going to go to Disneyland. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then also, um, I mean, we've already talked about Celebration a little bit, but they released a new poster art for uh, for Celebration. Where I mean, we had seen the original one where it had um, I forget who was on it, but I think like Han and Leia and Vader and some stormtroopers. 
um, in in sort of that main uh, poster image. And now they've they've released a new one where it's uh, replaced with like Star Wars Rebels characters. So it's got Ezra and Sabine and a stormtrooper and the Inquisitor in the background and uh, the Ghost and a couple of Tie Fighters. So uh, that's a pretty cool image. Um, also, we'll be talking some more Star Wars Rebels on our next episode too. Um, but yeah, just getting more excited for this convention that it's going to be so cool and so full of Star Wars awesomeness. Yeah. And speaking of art, too, I always like it when the different artists put out their exclusive prints for celebration. So I think we should probably start seeing more of those like getting revealed at StarWars.com, too, because there's always yeah. a lot of cool stuff that gets put out there by all the awesome Star Wars artists. So that's yeah. one thing I'm looking forward to seeing get announced, too. Yeah, and even though my almost all the walls in my bedroom are pretty much covered with uh you know artwork that i've gotten from conventions and different posters and stuff and probably 80 to 85 percent of it is probably all star wars stuff i'm like i don't even really need any more star wars art but i know i'm gonna get some um like you know just going to celebration i'm gonna probably pick up at least one art print so i will definitely be keeping an eye on when they release all those uh you know, all the artist print previews and stuff. So I can't wait to see all that. Especially if there's some new Force Awakens stuff too in there. <laughs> oh man, definitely. Yeah, you know someone's going to do something just based off the images from the trailer. That yeah, I just want a framed picture of those X-Wings skimming over the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would look awesome. Does it have an artist do a different like uh, print from each image of the trailer? Like each artist can do a different shot that we saw in there. One of Kylo Ren, the Stormtroopers, Ray, Finn, the X-Wings, the yeah. Falcon. But it would be awesome if someone just puts them all together in one awesome poster. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool too. So yeah, I'm sure that'll be, uh, yeah, I'm sure that'll be there because obviously Episode Seven is going to be a huge theme of that convention. So, or unless Lucasfilm like put a like sent an email out to the artist, like we know you're all <laughs> going to be anxious to do Episode Seven stuff, but right now, like, just focus on the, the original six movies, or maybe they assign one specific artist to do a special episode seven print or something. Cause I'm sure they're not going to want everyone to go crazy with episode seven stuff. Yeah, true. Um, but I mean, I'm sure some of them will probably have some as well. Like even if it's not sort of their celebration exclusive art print, mm -hmm. some of them might already even have, that's true. Uh, you know, a version of that out. Yeah. I never actually bought an official art <clears throat> print, but if I'm there in person and seeing some, it's probably going to be hard to resist if there's one really awesome one. Oh, yeah. I mean, and these guys have, like, tons of awesome stuff. Even when yeah. I go to Phoenix Comic Con every year, I just, you know, go through all the aisles of artist stuff. And I'll always, like, buy one print and then find a, a cooler-looking one of the same character, like, a day later. And I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't already spent my money. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Sunday is the day you got to wait to buy all the art, unless there's some that sell out quick. So well, yeah, and some kinda... of them do. So that's why like, <laughs> I usually will buy stuff like Friday or Saturday. But I, I do usually do a lot of looking before I buy something. See, I'm going to be a celebration noob <laughs> when I go to Celebration Anaheim. So you're going to have to be there to show me the ways to how to handle a convention like that. <laughs> yes. You, you must learn the ways of the force if you are to come with me to Anaheim. <laughs> Even though I live nearby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I think that just about wraps up all the stuff for this episode. Um, before we go, uh, let's see, Tim, do we have any emails or tweets or Facebook messages or anything that you want to read? 
Um, not for this one, but uh, I think probably for our next episode, we'll probably hear from Brian uh, Bailey pretty soon because I know he's been asking us when we're going to record a new episode. I let him know they're recording this one, but it might have been a little too close. So I expect to get some for our next episode. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, of course, you guys can send us email and everything. Also, like I said, I want to know where Chicken Walker came from. Somebody tell me because <laughs> I, I seriously can remember calling it a Chicken Walker when I was like five or six years old. And I'm like, where was the first time I heard that? I don't even know. Um, and also, uh, before we go, Tim, why don't you tell us about, uh, what the heck this Thunderquack network is? Yes, I could. <clears throat> it's cool to say that we're part of a podcast network now. I mean, we were good friends with Mike and Matt over at the Rebels podcast and Frontlines of Clone Wars podcast. And Mike has his other podcast, Quiver, the Green Arrow podcast and the Pullbox podcast. And now we're all under one roof, like one happy podcast family. <laughs> and you can find us over at thunderquack.com, which is the home for, our network of podcasts. I mean, you can find links to all the different shows there to check them out. And if you're wondering what Thunderquack is, because when Mike first told us about that name, it's like, what is that? Where's that from? It's actually, I don't know if you remember the show Darkwing Duck, Kyle, if that was nope, before you that was before my time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the shit that uh, Darkwing Duck flies in there. When he said like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So that's where the name comes from, Thunderquack. So I think it's just cool to finally be under like one roof of a podcast network because we've been on the Rebels podcast. We've got our start from Frontlines of Clone Wars podcast and Star Wars Saga Continues kind of came from there. So it's kind of cool to be all part of one network now. But also with that, um, Mike has set up a Patreon account for Thunder Quack where um, you can help support the pod- different podcasts that are on there and get some perks and different rewards. I mean, there's different <laughs> amounts you can pledge for there. Like you got $1 a month, $5, which gives you different rewards, such as uh, you can get uh, certain podcasts early, like Quiver the Green Arrow podcast, the Rebels podcast. And then also too, you can get some cool perks where you can join an exclusive Thunderquack Facebook group. I mean, we already had some good discussions in there, Kyle, with uh, some of the members already in there. So it's a pretty cool group so far to have, to be an exclusive uh, too. So check that out. You can help support us, but one thing we've got to make clear, all the podcasts under Thunderquack are always going to be 100% free. This is just the way if you guys want to help support us and to help support the other uh, shows that uh, we're a part of the network. So just something you could check out. So that's at patreon.com slash Thunderquack. So Thunderquack.com and patreon.com is slash Thunderquack is where you can check out our new network that we're a part of. So it's pretty cool to be now grouped in with some of the other great podcasts that uh, Mike has put together. So things are kind of not necessarily changing but moving forward and <laughs> progressing as far as the podcast <clears throat> so it's cool that mike is setting all this up and i'm happy to be a part of it yeah and and for those of you who are wondering if you're like me and had no idea what a patreon was the first time you heard about it it's like a kickstarter kind of thing but yeah i mean it's definitely cool to be um sort of i guess officially part of a podcast network because you know we, we've already kind of felt like we were part of a small little uh, Star Wars podcasting group with the Rebels and Frontlines podcast, but um, this is something a little bit bigger and broader that doesn't uh, just you know it, it's not just restricted to uh, Star Wars podcasts. So um, that you know it's pretty cool, and it might uh, you know I'm, I'm sure it'll grow. And uh, you know, as I know, Mike's already starting like another uh, podcast on there, and. Who knows, maybe we'll start another one at some point or maybe we'll bring some other people in that, uh, you know, want to start their own podcast. So, um, you know, it, it'll be exciting to see where we go with this. But that's, uh, you know, pretty cool new thing that's going on. Um, but uh, that is going to do it for this episode. Um, 
I think let's see. Yeah, we managed to keep this one under two hours, but part two will be coming uh, in just a few days, hopefully, where we'll be talking about um, a lot of the new uh, rumors and news around the standalone films and some of the actors that have had their names involved in those projects. Um, We'll also talk some Star Wars Rebels, just because we haven't really talked about that in a while, and uh, you know, maybe give our thoughts on some of the more recent episodes because there's been a lot of stuff going on on that show lately that's been pretty cool. So it's hard uh, to believe the season's <laughs> almost over already. I think it's like maybe yeah. two or three episodes left. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, we've had Lando, we've had Yoda, we've got Tarkin showing up now, so uh, lots of stuff going on over there. Um, and like I said, we'll, we'll be back hopefully within a week or less uh, with uh, another episode full of Star Wars goodness. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe we'll go on some different tangent next time. Uh, you know, they, they can top chicken walkers and where they came from. Um, <laughs> but if you want to send us emails uh, or, you know, just share your questions, thoughts, comments, uh rumor speculation uh chicken walker origin theories anything like that uh you can send us email at star wars tsc at gmail.com um, and we always love hearing from our listeners uh don't forget to follow us on twitter at star wars tsc or like us on facebook at uh, facebook.com slash star wars the saga continues and as always you can check out our website star wars tsc.com to find all the uh latest uh, rumors and news and updates and you know all the we, we post all this stuff on the website uh, long before we actually get around to sitting down and recording a big long episode about it um, so be sure to check out all those places uh, thank you guys for tuning in and we will be back soon with another episode for you until then may the force be with you and we will see you next time see you next time everybody <laughs>